Uh oh, oh, here they are. <laughs> I wasn't going to be able to read the scripture. Uh, so if you follow along in the bulletin, here's today's scripture, Mark 4, verses 35 through 41. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And the other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a cushion. And they woke him up, and they said, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? So God, I pray as uh, Brian Kelly comes up and shares your word that you would speak through him, speak to our hearts through the, your Holy Spirit. Um, and we just thank you for the morning and open our hearts and minds up to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Good morning, everyone. I invite you to keep your Bible open to Mark chapter 4. And we are in the middle of our study called Life on Life Discipleship. When Jesus is just going to share his life with the disciples and he's going to teach them what it means to be a true follower of Jesus in the routine of life. There are times that Jesus sets aside teaching times to instruct, to inform, but most of the time that Jesus spends with his disciples is life on life, just doing life together. So this morning, we come to uh, Mark chapter 4, and the disciples are led across the Sea of Galilee with Jesus, and a storm arises. And I think what we can do to help uh, us understand this story, and there's a lot happening here, um, the main principle is this. That there will be times in life when obedience to Jesus will lead to difficulty. That there will be times in your life when you follow Jesus that it could lead to despair. That it could lead to challenging and hard times. That obedience to Jesus does not always lead you to, per to peace and prosperity. In fact, if you sincerely want to follow Jesus... It, on occasion, leads you to difficulty. So think about some specific examples in your life. If you are dating, if you're a single person and you're dating, and you have a sincere desire to follow Jesus, and you want to honor God in that relationship, but your boyfriend pressures you to take your clothes off, that's going to create conflict. Maybe you're in a marriage that has developed some unhealthy patterns. And one spouse in the marriage prayerfully considers making some changes that would be honoring to Christ. That potentially creates conflict. Or maybe you just really desire for your family, for your children to walk with Jesus. That has the potential to create conflict. And so Jesus is going to, in the routine of life, he's going to take the disciples on a journey and it's going to lead to conflict. And so what we'll do this morning is we'll just break down this story <clears throat> to help us understand what Jesus is teaching the disciples. And to begin with, point one is this, is that Jesus calls you to obey him 
even if you find yourself in difficult situations that lead to despair. Jesus calls us to a life of obedience, even if it leads you into a difficult time of despair. So here's the historical context, just briefly. Chapter 4, verse 35 It says, on that day when evening had come, and if you look back, Jesus has spent the full day teaching and ministering to people, and he is exhausted. He is in a boat teaching, and he is going to take the disciples to the other side of the lake, of the Sea of Galilee. And where he is going is actually quite significant. He's going to the eastern side of the Sea of Galilee, where the Gentiles live. So Jesus, up to this point, has spent his time ministering to the Jewish people, and he's going to take his disciples to the Gentiles and bring the kingdom of God to the Gentiles. And it's there that he meets the demoniac, and he heals um, the man who's possessed by demons. And so Jesus is taking the disciples on this mission that leads to difficulty. And here's what the passage says. Jesus says to them, let us go across to the other side. So that's Jesus leading his disciples. And it says this, and leaving the crowd, they took with them in the boat, just as he was. Jesus had been in the boat teaching and the other boats were with them. So it's Jesus and his disciples in a boat and more disciples in another boat or other boats. Verse 37 says this, a great windstorm arose And the waves were breaking into the boat. And what's interesting about this passage is that the words that are used here are quite descriptive. Um, The the word in in Greek is um, a type of storm that is a hurricane-like storm. It's a massive storm. Um, It's the kind of storm that um, arises as a sudden and violent wind. But then there's even another descriptive word. It's the word mega. So it's this out of the ordinary storm that comes and it says that the boat is actually taking on water. And so here's what's happening. Jesus takes his disciples to do ministry to people who are Gentiles. And it leads them directly into a moment of difficulty and despair. And I think we need to begin by thinking this, that many of us need to unlearn a bad habit. And that is this, that following Jesus leads you to a very peaceful, safe, prosperity-filled life. Jesus is showing us here that ministry and loving people and caring for people often leads to difficulty and hardship And so the idea that if you just follow Jesus, you're going to have a great life. It's going to be easy. It's going to be comfortable. That needs to be unlearned. And I think what happens is often is we, uh, I'm sorry, there's a fly flying around up here. I'm going to go like this. What happens is we all desire a peaceful life, a life of prosperity, a life of of goodness. We, We want a good life. And what happens, I think, often is we avoid obedience to Jesus in order to protect and maintain a peaceful life. 
And so we need to rethink, relearn, what does it really mean to follow Jesus? That there are times when you need to learn carefully and relearn that obedience will often lead you into conflict. And so will we consider that? Will we consider relearning that? That there is something more important than our own personal peace and happiness? That Jesus is showing us that obedience sometimes leads to conflict. And this storm is a picture of a violent storm that the disciples actually feel like their lives might be lost. What's interesting about this, though, too, is that even the geography of the Sea of Galilee, that it is the lowest lake in the world, the lowest um, body of fresh water other than the Dead Sea. And so what would happen was that with the mountains around the Sea of Galilee, that these violent, quick winds would arise. And it leads the disciples to this question, Jesus, don't you care about me? And that's a very relevant question that we've probably all thought through and wrestled with when you have times of difficulty or, or despair. And it shows that their thinking is off course, it's offline. It shows that their thinking was the way we sometimes think that if I follow Jesus, I'm going to have a good life. And so the idea of relearning this truth that following Jesus sometimes leads to difficulty. It means sometimes you have to say no to the group. Sometimes it means you have to say yes. Sometimes you have to rethink what does it mean for you to follow Jesus. And so the storm continues. The boat is filling up with water. And one of the things that we miss here when we just read a story, and you look for the other gospels to add context and, and, and words but one of the things that the, the other Gospels share with us is that it's dark outside and the, the violence of the wind is powerful. I, I hope, you know, I was thinking uh, a, a lot of us here enjoy the ocean and enjoy being out um, in it. And I think one of the things that, that we miss here in this story is that these are professional fishermen that these men know the Sea of Galilee. They know conditions. They are aware of what's happening. And they are so fearful. They are so filled with, um, with awe and fear that their lives might be lost because of following Jesus. So think for just a moment as best you can. And there are, uh, uh, you know, so many stories. I, I, I'm, I'm a fan of stories in the ocean and, and many of uh, my friends here are, are quite skilled at paddling, but I've, I've had them tell me stories about paddling as hard as they can into the wind, and they literally go backwards. And, and um, there have been days when a group of us go paddle one direction in big winds, and one of the things that you notice um, when you're out in the ocean and the, the wind is blowing and it's alive is uh, you, you feel small you are reminded that there's something powerful going on here. And so these very skilled and um, effective fishermen are out in this, this boat um, desiring to be obedient to Jesus and they find them in this place of despair, literally fearing for their lives. Number two, we learn then that Jesus will put on display 
for us what true peace looks like and what true power looks like. So in the midst of all this craziness, here's what's happening with Jesus. Verse 38 says this, but he was in the stern, the back of the boat, asleep on a cushion. And they woke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And so we see the humanity here of Jesus. Jesus is exhausted from teaching. He'd spent hours and hours with people. He's asleep in the back of the boat. And here's what we learn. That Jesus is fully human, but that he puts his full faith and trust into the hands of his Father. And he's able to rest. Years and years ago, when I lived in Washington State and I worked at a a drug rehab facility for teenage boys, one of the things that they would say to me often was, Brian, can you please help me with my mind? My mind just races continually. I can't sleep. I struggle with my mind just going over things over and over and over again. And I have that question to me asked often still to this day. Brian, I struggle with my thoughts that my mind just races continually. That when we face difficulty or tensions, we can just fill up with stress and anxiety We can't sleep. The pressures of life overtake us. And Jesus here in his humanity models for us that peace is possible. Let me show you a place that maybe Jesus went to in the book of Psalms that gives us some guidance. And I think we have it here. This is um, Psalms 46 verses 1 and 10. It says this, that God is our refuge and our strength. A very present help in time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. And then it says, therefore, we will not fear though. And that's where you can fill in the blank. To know in your life that God is your refuge and your strength. Verse 10 says this, to be still and know that I am God. And here's what the psalmist is saying, that God is with you in every circumstance of life. Therefore, you don't have to live in fear. Though you're going through this thing, though you're going through this challenge, though you're going through this hardship, this difficulty, though you're going through this moment of despair, we're told to be still and put our faith and trust knowing that God is our source of strength and refuge. And I think what happens sometimes is when we come to church and we, we kind of put everything together in life and, and try to put forth our best effort of even being here. But I think what we have to wrestle with is this. Are you holding on to secret anxieties? Are you holding on to secret fears that for right now, Sunday at 1030, you've got them locked away in a little spot where they're not bothering you. But later on in the week, When your mind is racing, you're holding on to these things. But there are hidden things, hidden anxieties, hidden fears that control our lives. The Apostle Paul in his letter to the Philippians says something similar. He says that we are to rejoice always. That we're to talk to God about what the situation is. 
and that the peace of God will bring stability into your life. But notice the order. The order is foundational. Here's what Paul is saying in Philippians 4. Rejoice always. Here's what that means. It means to bring God into the center of whatever you're facing. And what happens is many people just skip to step two, which is bring your request to God to pray to God and, and, and ask him for things, ask him for help. But step one has to always precede it to bring God to the center of the situation, bring God to the center of that fear or of that anxiety or of that relationship problem. And then you talk to God about it. Then you ask for help. And then God promises to give peace to us. And I know if we're being honest this morning, this is very difficult that we need to learn this and relearn this and relearn this because the human heart default is fear and anxiety. And just like the disciples say, Jesus, don't you care about me? That's how we are all wired. And you have to train yourself. You have to teach yourself. You have to learn from Jesus. Jesus is showing us his full humanity here and teaching us that it is possible to have peace in your life if you are willing to bring him to the center of it. Get God to the center of the situation. And maybe you need help with that. Maybe you need community. Maybe you need friends to help you with that. And then you let your request be be made known to God. So that's what we learned. Jesus is asleep in the back of a boat, resting while the, this is a picture, while the disciples are in despair over their lives. But then here's what's interesting. He goes on, verse 39, and it says, And he awoke, and he rebuked the wind, and said, Peace be still. Now there's all kinds of interesting translations um, of the Greek words here. Some of them, uh, commentators want to say things like, uh, Shut up. It's like this very harsh, firm rebuke. And maybe rebuke is the best word. And what's happening here is that Jesus is showing his power over creation. So Jesus is putting his humanity on display and he's putting his deity on display. That Jesus is control over the situation. Now there's something else that's really important. If you have your Bible, you got to turn a couple pages because there's more going on here than originally just when you just first read this. And so the word is this, peace be still and the wind ceased, and there was, here's that word again, a mega calm, this great calm. So the, it goes from raging, despair, storm, winds, to dead calm, because Jesus rebukes the wind. The word rebuke is interesting, and I'll just try to share with you um, the range of meaning. So if you, if you have your Bible, turn back a couple of pages, and let me show you some interesting insights to the same word. Mark chapter 1. Verse 25 says this, and I'll show you where the same word is. Mark chapter 1, verse 25 says, But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing um, and crying out with a loud voice, came out of him. And so this is the same word that Jesus uses to rebuke the storm. And he's using it to rebuke the work of the enemy. 
Turn the page, Mark chapter 3, verse 12. Starting in verse 11, Mark chapter 3, verse 11. And whenever the unclean spirits saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, You are the Son of God. Verse 12, here's the word. And he strictly ordered them not to make him known. Again, Jesus is refuting the work of the enemy. Chapter 9, verse 25 says, and when Jesus saw a crowd running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, you mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. Then you go back to Mark chapter 4. Jesus rebukes the wind with the same word. So what's interesting, and commentators and theologians have uh, a range to understand this word, but many people believe, many commentators, many theologians believe that there is a spiritual element here. That the enemy can often partner with other things to create despair and difficulty in your life. And so one of the things we need to be aware of here is that, that there is often more going on than we know. And that if you want to follow Jesus, the enemy will do everything in his power to prevent that from happening. And so Jesus will also not only put his, his power on display over creation, but he also puts his power on display over the enemy. Verse 40 then, we conclude with this, that Jesus will t teach us to trust him even in times of despair. Here's what happens. Jesus says this, verse 40. He says to them, why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Why such fear? Have you still no faith? And this is what we can even say, the storm after the storm. The Sea of Galilee is completely calm. It's placid. But there's something internal going on now in the lives of the disciples. And the question we want to ask this morning is this. What does Jesus truly care the most about in this story? Does he care about the waves and the boat? Does he care about the physical well-being? Is that the ultimate? I think if we read the story carefully and thoughtfully and prayerfully, that Jesus cares most of all about the hearts of his disciples. Knowing that despair and difficulty can cause some people to walk away from Jesus. And we learn that when he, from the day earlier on his teaching of the parables and of the soils. That difficulty and despair can have such a powerful influence in our lives that it can cause people to walk away. And what's interesting here then is this, is that Jesus uses this moment to teach his disciples what does he want them to learn? And here's the simple truth that he wants them to learn is that Jesus was always with them 
that he was present with them in the boat and that they had no need to fear the storm. And that's the takeaway for us this morning, that whatever you're facing, whatever difficulty you are facing, it's imperative for us to remember that Jesus is with you, that you are never alone. And that's why Jesus promises the Holy Spirit in our lives to to breathe that reality true into each of our lives, that difficulty and despair are real, that people's lives are often filled with pain and hurt and hopelessness. And Jesus wants to teach us this morning that we are to be people who can trust in the promises of God. So whatever storm, if we can push the metaphor one last time, whatever storm you're facing, always remember that Jesus is in the boat with you, that you are never alone, that whatever that situation is, that he promises to be with you. Here's a reminder that we can hold on to. Psalms 55 verse 22 says this, that you are to cast your burden upon the Lord. He promises to sustain you. What is that thing that's causing despair that maybe you're even too embarrassed to talk about or it's too, too challenging to talk about? that you need to put on him. I think what happens is this. Sometimes in life, God allows difficulties and hard things in our lives to teach you you cannot do it. And you are exhausted and you're worn out and you want to give up. But it's still there until we learn the lesson to put all of it on him. It's too much for people to carry. It's too much for you to carry. 1 Peter 5, 7 says this, you are to cast all of your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Remember that Jesus is in the boat with you. We need to learn this and relearn this and relearn this and relearn this. There are times, and I've shared this with a few friends, there are some times where it's two in the morning and I wake up and my mind starts thinking about things and going over things. It's not natural to pray. It's not natural to trust on the promises of God. You've got to train yourself. You've got to equip yourself because the the struggles of life are too strong. It's real. This story a great adventure story filled with details about this mega storm on the Sea of Galilee is here to teach us a lesson that obedience will often lead to difficulties. But Jesus is in the boat with you. Let's pray together. Jesus, I pray that these truths found in your gospel, of Mark, would grab our hearts that we would allow these truths to sink in. Father, we confess that, that despair often grips us and grabs a hold of us. So we pray that through the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would breathe life into us, that you would breathe encouragement into us 
to stay the course, to follow you, to trust in your promises. We love you and we're thankful for this. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning we will have communion together. And communion is a, it is a symbol and reminder that Jesus is with you. And we invite you to participate um, with us if you are a follower of Jesus. And if that's something that you have not yet done and you just want to use this time as a time of prayer, then that is great too. But communion is a time where you remember what Jesus Christ did on the cross. That his body was broken and his blood was spilled out of love. That it was our sin that caused this brokenness. This need to be atoned for. And so it's a time to remember and reflect on what Jesus Christ has done for you. It's a time to remember that your life is united with him, that you live in Christ. And if you would like to think about it this way, it's a time for you to remember that Jesus is in the boat with you, whatever you're facing.